Benfica Independent. Benfica Independent is an independent platform made by fans for fans. And in it, you can find our podcast, along with many other podcasts, along with articles of opinion, video segments, and much, much more. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent, with exclusive contents for our Patreons. Hasta que no estás aquí dentro no sabes la grandeza de, de este equipo. Sí, es un club que tiene una grandeza que no se comprende si no estás aquí dentro. Son de una magia única, benfiquista, que solo nosotros sentimos así. Por muchos desgustos que podamos tener, valores más altos se levantan. E o valor mais alto que se levanta em termos futebolísticos chama-se Benfica. Quero o Benfica a intimidar o adversário. Quero o manto sagrado entrar com vocês em qualquer estado. E os estados, pá! É isso que eu quero! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Law Bifiga podcast, just in case you didn't hear me before. Obviously, you didn't. Dave did hear me. Uh, but here we are. Another night, another podcast, as Steve Santos says. Dave, what's happening in your in your corner of the world? My corner of the world, not too much different from your corner of uh, the world there, Alfredo. Uh, That's good, right? Big ice storm coming up uh, our way. This, uh, Is that this what they're week? saying? That's what they're saying. So we'll see uh, when they predict it. Nothing happens. It's the ones that catch us off guards that are usually uh, yeah. much worse. But we'll see yeah, it's how, the, how it goes. It's the ones that everybody rushes out to get the bread and milk. And then all of a sudden you get a little flurry that you could blow that right off of your sidewalk. But, uh, you know, never underestimate Mother Nature and the weather. Um, but here we are. Um as you can see, episode number 475 is what we're up to. Chris, unfortunately, uh, is not with us tonight, so we promise to be a, a short one, unfortunately, for, for many of you guys. I could hear the the the, the, the groaning now. <laughs> but anyway, on tonight's episode, we got a, we, we don't have much to talk about. We got uh, the Bovista game to talk about, and we'll look ahead to Vizela. Uh, and I guess we could we could discuss a few other things that have been going on. Uh, obviously, with Benfica in first, uh, and uh, no signs of wavering in terms of the quality and the form that we're in. Uh, it's time to recycle old news. It's time to recycle uh, paid players or players that did something in order for Benfica to win. Um, but that's that's what we have. That's the that's the Tugaon. That's the Portuguese media that we have to deal with. Uh, and uh, look, we just have to take it with the grain of salt. You know, just just think that every time we're ahead, uh, and there's something uh, that our opponents, especially the ones up north, see that uh, we need something a little extra than just on the field because on the field is obviously not happening. Um, they recycle these news. And Dave was just asking me about the whole Alpha Smith thing. Uh, so apparently Alpha Smith, who 
at a handball uh, for Bef- you know which gave a penalty to the Benfica. Uh, but what they forgot to mention and is that Sporting played Maritimo and they lost, and as a result, Benfica ended up going to the Champions League anyway. Even if Benfica had lost or tied, they would have gone to the Champions League anyway. Uh, so, but look, it's all um, recycled news. Um, it's all stuff that anytime there's something good going on, um, there's there's always some recycled news uh, for Benfica to, for people to talk about to just uh, sell newspapers because these days that's uh, that's uh, that's what we like to that's what we like to do sell newspapers S- sell newspapers Benfica. and try to destabilize uh, the club in any way possible. I, I yeah. just took a look at the clip on Twitter. If you just search up Alpha Tomato, the there's a clip there and. The handball was so uh, so quick. It's a Grimaldo cross coming in in uh, in from the wing there, and he has no time to even if he wanted to uh, make it an intentional. There's there it's a split second reaction. So um, very yeah, hard, I think, like very hard to say that that was a, an intentional handball or that we paid for that that handball. But yeah, it's a, it, it, a at home, at Stadio Luz, right? I mean, if people sit down and think about these things and think about the logic behind these things, it makes no sense. It makes no sense at all uh, that they're coming up with these stories, but we already knew. Uh, somebody, I, uh, I think Nun Picat from Benfica FM, he said over the weekend, uh, there's going to be some news coming out this week. The same way that... Whenever there's something bad that Porto needs to announce, whether it's their uh, their relatory contest, that's a huge loss, or, or something else that they haven't paid for a player, there's always something that goes along for to distract the people that are uh, that are paying attention. But uh, if you're a, a follower and an avid listener to our podcast, we can guarantee you that we'll give you the we'll give you the news here first. Uh, and I think that I've already said one time, Dave, that uh, if, if Ica was was found to to be corrupt, obviously we hope that everybody uh, is charged in a court of law and, and in a way that they're supposed to be charged. Uh, and people know what I feel about you know corruption and and clubs cheating. And I, I think that by all intents and purposes, this would be the end of the podcast because. I'm not going to sit here and be a hypocrite when we criticized Porto so much for cheating and now Benfica is doing the same thing. That's just, I don't see myself in in that type of behavior from a club, especially from a club that, you know, I devote a lot of time and it takes a lot of time from, from my life, obviously. But uh, anyway, Dave, uh, do we put that to bed or, or do we need to talk about that a little bit more? I, I, unfortunately, I think this is just the beginning, right? You were is really... this the beginning? I think, oh, well, not, this is it for tonight's podcast, but this is just the beginning <laughs> going forward for the rest of this season, especially if Benfica continue to hold on to a, a close lead uh, against uh, Porto there. You're going to see more of these distractions and more of this uh, fake news, uh, shall we put it, uh, be put out there. And we're already seeing it on the pitch too, right, with, uh, with these non-calls and... Uh, the twelfth man being against us too, but we'll get into it, especially in this uh, this Bovista game that we're going to yeah. recap here. 
Yeah, so let's get right into this Boavista. Good segue, Dave. Uh, Vlacodimus was in goals. Gilberto, Antonio Silva, Otamendi, Grimaldo, Tino, and Chican. Zinedine Chican. Uh, uh, you, Mario... you think there's there's got to be a joke on? Like they know that they're they're pulling our leg at this point, right? <laughs> All I know is that Roger Schmidt's in on a joke. He's in. So on if it. it is a, <laughs> it's a, it's becoming like a meme now. Like it's a joke. It's. Well, it's a, it's a joke. We got <laughs> we got Zidane there. We got Gilberto Carlos. We're just building the Galacticos uh, from the uh, the early. Yeah, season. look, I I think he did he did say that there's some things that remind him of Zidane, but he would have to still play a whole lot of uh, more games in order to be to be considered in the same in the same pedestal. I guess that's what Roger Schmidt is. Look, but I think they're having fun. Um, I think uh, overall, I think all this does is builds up Shikinu's confidence, right? So, I mean, if if you're confident, uh, you're not a world beater, but certainly you're not doing anything to compromise the team. Uh, and I guess that's a plus on our side when you look at a player that uh, that could give his contribute and is not really uh, doing anything in detriment of the team. So I, I still continue to say that... It, it's, he's not my ideal player that I see in this Benfica, especially a Benfica uh, in Europe, as you guys have heard here before. But look, it is it is what it is right now. And even looking at this game and when the change was made, uh, that Tino went out and Auschwitz came in, Auschwitz went to the six, not to the eight. So that really shows you what Roger Smith thinks about um, where Auschwitz is best suited for. So on the interior on the left or as a six, not as an eight as everybody expected him to slot in, especially after uh, Enzo left. But uh, Jean-Mario Auschnitz, Rafael Ramsch is the rest of the lineup. Uh, Dave, did you know that Boavista had never won at, uh, at the new Stade de Luz? I did not know that. That should have been in uh, last week's preview there. I, I vaguely recall the, uh, seeing that... It had been a long time so since they've beaten us at home. So probably makes sense within that timeline with the stadium opening up around, what was it, 2003, 2004. So makes sense there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it, it was uh, it was definitely something that was... Um, hold on a second. I just want to check something out here. I just want to put the comments. I'm, I want to see everybody's comments. Uh, but yeah... Um, yeah, there was a stat that I, that I saw that uh, that said that, um, and obviously, you know. But look, uh, I I don't know. It was a strong start for Benfica, about ten fifteen minutes strong, and then I think that just I don't know what happened. It became slow. They were hesitant on passes. Tino wasn't really circulating the ball like he was supposed to. Gilberto kind of showed why he's the number two right now, despite his, his second half heroics. Um, there was a lot of bad passes, a lot of bad posi positioning from Gilberto. Just just a predictable team, man. Uh, lack of, of width. And when you're playing against a team that that is you know in front of you, uh, defending, you need to stretch that game to make sure that you uh, that you get those matchups, those one on ones, and that we could uh, that we could beat guys. Uh, but really, a, a disappointing second half, if I may. So I don't know what, what what were your feelings? 
Yeah, I think we got to give some credit to Bovish. They were they came uh, prepared and they were well organized at uh, defending. You know, you're always going to get that from a petite um, side, but um, Saucy is also uh, seeing it in the the chat here. And you mentioned uh, the wing plays. I think in a uh, against in the the Portuguese league. I think uh, when they're they're parking the bus and organized uh, well at the back, that's when we need to try to explode. Uh, ex- uh, exploit these teams down the uh, the wing. So guys like Nerej, um and Rafa on on the wings. I know Rafa is coming off an injury and he still doesn't look like he's up to um, his his previous form. But um, we we need to beat those. Uh, the way to beat those teams is is through the uh, the wing play and stretch them out. And we didn't really see that in the first half. I think we maybe had one or two um, chances on, on goal. Uh, in that first half, uh, Bracali made that uh, that one goal line save uh, against uh, Ramos there in the first half. But other than that, there was really no creativity from um, our side in the in the first half, and we really struggled um, to get anything yeah. at, at goal. Yeah, and like uh, like Saucy says, uh, I mean, it, and I think everybody's been saying this that uh, we all hope that Auschwitz could be that number eight with Tino. Uh, but apparently Roger Schmidt doesn't see it that way. Uh, and then when you look at the decision of putting Auschwitz on the wing and leaving out Gedge and Nersh, uh, and as you mentioned, you know, Rafa doesn't seem to be 100% just yet. It's like you wonder, man, that, that shows a, a lot of... Um, a lot of a lot of balls, especially playing at home. You kind of want to pounce on these teams. You kind of want to bring everything that you got to these teams, so you so you put the game away quicker. Uh, but it wasn't the case, uh, and I think that we held a lot of the possession, especially in the first in in the first half of that that first half. Uh, but after that, we let Bovista kind of come out a little bit. We stopped the, that suffocating that we were doing, that high press we were doing. To allow Boa Vista to to play a little bit more, um, but we really couldn't couldn't create that many chances. I remember a shot uh, that was like a I want to say I want to say Ramush a shot that was a, that came across or Rafa that came across across the goal, and I remember that free header by Gonzalo Ramush that he couldn't put it away that he hit uh, he hit Prakali uh, he just hit it at Prakali. I think, and so yep. those were the only two chances at in yeah, the, in the those first were the half only there. two chances. But yeah, we 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 struggle for the rest of the, the half. Uh, second half, I think that we all saw the the substitution coming. Nerish coming on. Nerish came on for Tino, and as I mentioned, Auschwitz went to the six. Shikinu stayed at the eight. Uh, and right off the bat, you see a guy that with creativity. You see a guy with Jinga. We see a guy with an explosive. Uh, first dribble, uh, and this is what Nerys brings to us. When he's on, uh, he's on. He's a guy that's unpredictable and that can make a lot of things happen from just one play. Uh, and I think that oftentimes we get frustrated with Nerys or when Nerys is not 100% and we see him really not doing anything, not, not being able to beat a guy one-on-one, uh, but certainly this is the Nerys that, that we like. And, and look, right off the bat, uh, a, a huge... Uh, difference in terms of what Befica was was producing offensively. A guy that likes to touch the line, grabs the ball, comes inside, 
creates mismatches, the combination play between him, Gilberto, uh, João Mario, and, and, and Rafa. Uh, and look, uh, five minutes into the half, uh, and Gilberto was putting us ahead in a game that we felt was going to be very, very difficult, especially because we weren't really producing anything in the first half. Uh, but Gilberto unassisted off of a Rafa header that was saved by Bracali to the side and, and Gilberto just happened to be there and he tucked it away. Uh, so I think there was a collective sigh by uh, all the Benficistas in the stadium uh, and when Gilberto scored that goal, it was really a blow-up, emotional blow-up over at um, uh, at the Stadio Luge. And then uh, four minutes later, uh, just when the team thought, okay, we're on our way now, some passiveness by our defense, ball comes across the, the, the box, uh, and nobody really gets a foot on it, and just the Bovista player puts one past uh, Vlaco Dimas. I don't think he could have done anything. Uh, then in the 71st minute, we had that missed PK. It's like, oh, no. Oh, I, no. I, I, had, I had a bad feeling. I I put the uh, the month over my head, and I didn't even watch the the, the PK. I was just listening to see, hear if... Uh, it went in or on or not, and I already had a bad feeling that um, it wasn't gonna go um, our way. Just that whole game, it, it felt like there were so many yeah. things going uh, against us. There was a couple of challenges what that we forgot to mention in the first half that could have seen red cards based on what we've seen go against us in previous uh, matches, and they only turned out to be uh, yellow cards and. Then they had to go to VAR for this one. There was two previous ones that they, I don't know if they were going to VAR or they, they the VAR was looking at it but didn't call the referral over on the two previous challenges uh, in early in the second half. But then this one finally gets called um, for João Mario to take it, and it was just one of those days where everything was going against us, and João Mario's PK's uh, save. So we had to really battle and. Uh, scrap through this uh, this game here to get the uh, the result, but we had a lot of things not going in our favor at this uh, this match. Yeah, uh, look, I think that Juomadu's gotten away with a couple of close ones, right? The one in Bruges was extremely close. Uh, Mignolet got got his fingers onto it and it hit the crossbar. So I think that Juomadu was kind of due for a miss. And I think that, and especially myself as I'm looking and I'm seeing the way he's taking these penalties, uh, I I thought he's due for a miss. uh, And this this turned out to be that time, uh, unfortunately, Uh, much to a a lot of of people's disappointment. uh, It was certainly something that we were kind of fearing and and he got, look, I, I I know that uh, penalties are hard to take, and and uh, I know it's uh, you're not that far off, and you pick one side, and but uh, I don't know if anybody remembers the the Cardozo penalties. It was just it was just like he hit that shit as hard as he could, and he was usually right down the middle, right down the middle. But uh, well, the, but look, these last couple of ones from from João Mario, it's not like they've been at any corner, top corner, bottom corner. They've just been pretty much to the left or to the right of the the keeper and if the keeper guesses the right way like Bracali does uh, in this match yeah. they're they're getting saved right so not much power and they're not being tucked away into the uh, the corners it just makes it that much um easier for these keepers to get a, a hand on it if they if they guess the right direction 
Yeah, no, that's right. And then uh, 74th minute, Gadj comes in for Rafa. Uh, you know, I, I think that substitution probably could have happened a little earlier because, as, as we mentioned, Rafa's not yet at 100%. Uh, and it would make sense to you have Geddes on the bench. You've got plenty of options on the bench. you got Gedge. I think that Sheldrup, so, sooner or later, she gets some minutes. I don't know about Tankstead, but I think that Sheldrup has a little bit of uh, Jenga from what I've been able to see in the B, and he could be somebody that brings something different to this team. Uh, in the 82nd minute, 2-1, uh, Ramush assist, assisted by Gilberto. So it's, it's hard to go against Gilberto. He's got a goal and an assist, right? But that first half was was nightmarish. Uh, but let's talk about Ramush's goal, man. A that was, true, was, true striker's goal, right? Yeah, he, he makes that... Uh, I, I first... Uh, I know you just mentioned Gilberto, but that was a nice uh, touch, a nice layoff for uh, through ball for Ramos to set up uh, the move. And he, he looks like he's going to uh, his right, then pivots to the left and just with the right foot just puts it right in the... Uh, the uh, left corner there, but um, all 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 one touch uh, too. So yeah. Um, yeah, we don't we don't see those usually from him. Usually it's uh, just a tap tap in or a header. But that um, that composure there by by Ramos um, definitely was needed in this this match. Like I said, we 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 clawed our way um, just to to get the uh, that's that second goal there. Left it kind of late in the 82nd minute, but got to give it up uh, to Ramos on that one. Yeah. The fake cuts it in, then toes it past the keeper. That is that is a, a Matador's goal if, uh, if you're going to see one. Uh, and we don't see a lot of that from, from Ramos. As you mentioned, Dave, there's a lot of tap-ins. There's a lot of putting himself in the right position to, to get those easy ones. But this one was really something that uh, that he did. Definitely going on his highlight reel. I don't know if there's a Ramush highlight reel. Probably. Two goals with <laughs> on the YouTube. Team, Everyone's right? got a highlight reel on Everybody's YouTube. Got a, even Gilberto's got a highlight reel. <laughs> Shikan's got a, a He's got a, a couple a of music videos too, I'm sure, Gilberto. Yeah, and, and it's funny because Ramush, after the game, he said that when Joe Mario uh, missed the penalty, he went up to him. He's one of the first guys that went up to him and said, don't worry about it, I'm going to get one for you. And there it was. Uh, 90 plus after uh, Peter, Peter Musa already on the field. 3 uh, 1. And I think that basically relaxed all of uh, all of Benfica's around the world. Not that Benfica was suffering, but certainly, you know, after being up 1 0, g- giving up a 1 1 on the first Bovista shot, right? First shot on goal, first goal for them. You yeah. kind of. Feared that some of these things, and maybe it's PTSD from from seasons past, Dave. Uh, but it's like until I got we got that three one man. I don't I don't know if I could relax. I don't even know if it's PTSD. I think it all at least my um, my anxiety is all tied around all this bullshit coming off off the the pitch and seeing the forces that be be against the uh, the club, right? Um, what I, I'm sure um, you saw and probably the Freddy saw in that Porto match, the Rio Wab was on a three-on-one or three-on-two breakaway late in their match. And they call a handball for uh, Hernani or Hermani. Uh, and it didn't even, it didn't even touch his hand. And that's like, I was watching that game with not even uh, 
Portuguese uh, yeah. supporters, and, and <laughs> they're like, "What? What is this? Like everything that that VAR brings to the game now? You let the play finish, and then if you have to call it back, you go and review VAR. Yeah. But to just blow it dead on a on a such a, a counter attack, and you the Riwav has numbers, and you just call a handball where it clearly it doesn't even touch it." That's that's when you know there's forces, whatever forces may be, they're they're clearly going in one direction. They're not going in our direction at the moment. But yeah, um, so my anxiety is not PTSD related from previous seasons. It's <laughs> the forces that 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 be are acting uh, against the the club at the moment. So that's where my anxiety um, lies at the moment. Yeah, Dave, I don't I don't disagree with you, and I think that as a referee, if you're not sure of what you saw, don't call it. And when you have the assistant of the VAR and you're not entirely sure that that ball hit the hand, right? Because if it hit the hand, you're definitely sure. And the ball didn't hit the hand. It hit the, the player's abdomen. And what did he see there? So if you're not totally sure, you let it play on. And then you use VAR for your assistant. That's just simple. But certainly, uh, you know, the Portuguese refereeing is not uh, is not having the best of... Uh, past 10 seasons uh i think there was some criticism uh earl that uh, artur suarez diaz uh on the on track game did he do that track no game? it I was it um it wasn't him uh pinedo i believe it was oh pinedo yeah so so yeah what yeah one of those guys i thought that uh some somebody said that these uh that they felt that artur suarez diaz was arrogant his behavior was arrogant that fits him to the t uh, maybe uh, maybe Artur Swajdis was the fourth official. Uh, maybe he was game. on the VAR because I don't know if you uh, you Juventus had a uh, ninety minute handball called. Yeah, they had the ninety minute handball. No, this was just back. recently. This was just yeah, recently. yeah, last week, last Thursday. Oh, is that what it was? They it was Juventus, not uh, not or Nantes, uh in the Europa League. They had the uh, ninety minute handball um, called, and then it went to VAR. And uh, I I've seen the play. It's definitely a handball, but from what I've I've uh, heard, there was a foul that that led that was called by the that called back the um, the handball, but apparently Hold it wasn't a, a foul. Oh, here but, it is. Uh, here's a, a tweet by uh, by by our friend friend of the pot Marcus Horn uh, that says Matthias Sommer. Uh, critica na TV alemã a atitude arrogante do Arthur Schwarzdia durante os 90 minutos. Até parece que vê poucos jogos do Tugão. So I'm I'm thinking this had to be today, dude. So oh, there was another game then, because uh, yeah, Frankfurt played uh, Napoli today. Was that the? So maybe that's what it was. Hold on a second. Let me so just. We have two uh, examples. Let me bring up uh, Sofa Score here. Um, 21st. On track, uh, maybe the Freddy's on the check could help us out. Uh, yeah, Artur Schwarzdiers was the referee for this oh, game. There you go. Two, uh, two, uh, two. We're talking about two different examples, but yeah, the man's all, already got all... a reputation in Europe. Oh God, the man already got a, a reputation is uh, in Europe. Um. Anyway, look. Uh, at the end of the day, um. A much, much improved second half uh, with Neres coming off the bench, making tons of, of difference, and then with, with Gedge also coming on. 
Uh, it gave Benfica a lot more unpredictability with those two guys having the speed and the one-on-one skills. Uh, and I think that there was uh, there was what Benfica needed in that in that second half. The first half uh, wasn't all that great, and I'm glad that Roger Schmidt saw, saw um, the changes that needed to be made and made them in the second half. So important, three points uh, against Boa Vista, which is uh, was a team that could have proved to be a little tricky uh, because they defend well, uh, but nonetheless it, it was important, especially because Braga and Porto. Uh, had played before us, so it was important for us to to get uh, that uh, that win. Dave, stats. Yeah, some uh, stats here. We talked about how poor that first um, half performance was. That was the first time this season in league competition where Benfica were held goalless at halftime, uh, playing at the Estadio de Luz this season. Uh, João Mario's first penalty uh, miss of the season had converted all of his nine previous uh, penalties up to that point. Um, Gonzalo Ramos with that uh, spectacular goal takes uh, sole lead of the league's uh, top score position with 13 goals this season. And this has been FICA's best record through uh, 21 uh, league matches uh, best in ever? FICA's history. Best ever. They got 56 points through 21 games. They just passed JJ's record of 55, which was Yeah, but you, you're probably forgetting uh, Jimmy Haggins' undefeated, undefeated season. But at, during that time, there were two points for a win, one point okay. for, the, for yeah, a okay. tie. So yeah, that so makes sense that 21 uh, rounds in that Benfica has the the best record ever. That's good. That's a good stat, man. Love it. Love it. So now uh, we turn our attention now to uh, Vizela. Extremely, extremely uh, tricky game here. Uh, yeah, you want to talk Vizella about it? Day. Anxiety. My anxiety is already going through uh, the roof on, on this game. This one has uh, the makings of all the the uh, the forces to go against us uh, in this match. But um, <coughs> let's go through uh, some of these stats here. Historically, six wins, one draw in the previous seven meetings. Um, this past uh, season's meeting, uh, 2-1 victory uh, at the Estadio de Luz uh, with a last-minute uh, PK from João Mario. Um, if you don't recall in that match, Benfica finished the match with nine men. Uh, Gonzalo Ramos and João Mario both got red cards in that uh, match. And Vizela are currently uh, in ninth with 26 points from um, seven wins, five draws, nine defeats. Yep. Um, trip up north is is never is never good despite a lot of Benficistas living up north but there's always funny things that happen up north uh, thankfully we won't have to play Europe next uh, next week uh, so it works out but these are extremely critical games this this is where you win championships uh, and with it with their former coach uh, it was going to be tricky, but I think it's still going to be tricky uh, with this uh, with this new coach. Uh, and certainly, it's it's a game that all Benficistas need to be on heightened awareness uh, of everything go- that goes on, especially what's going to come out in the media. As we mentioned, there's going to be a barrage of stories, uh, and now this whole Alpha Smith thing is going to be something that's going to linger throughout the week. Trying to stay to stabilize the team, uh, and that's what they're what they're doing. 
Uh, but Benfica needs to remain focused and Benfica needs to be remain strong and especially on uh, on a wintry night up in uh, Vizela is always going to be difficult. Dave, what are you feeling? I'm feeling a draw. If I got to be uh, honest uh, with you, Alfredo, I'm feeling a draw in this match. Like I said, there's, uh, I keep repeating myself, the forces that be uh, up north, um, you see what's already, what's been going on uh, on the pitch with the refereeing um, now in the, in the papers as well. I, this match has everything written on it that um, we're dropping points. And Vizela, since, since they've made their return, um back to the the first uh, division they've always played us um tough if it, i know this year we already had the last minute goal from Juan Mario previous seasons Rafa scored in the 90 plus minutes um it's always been a 1-0 one, 2-1 uh, one um scoreline or uh 1-1 we actually drew them last uh last march at home too so they play us very um, very tight. They're very structured. At least they were when uh, they had uh, Mr. Bonnet there. But uh, like you mentioned, Mr. he's Bonnet, no longer yeah. he's no longer there. But I'm sure they'll um, they'll still be ready to um, to uh, to play us tough and give us a showing. And like I said, if I got to be honest, I feel like we're dropping uh, some points here. Uh, yeah, this, this Saturday. I'm gonna read some comments here. Magnitude says, if this was a boxing match, it would be the Mazella and Vizella. Uh, they will foul our players at every chance they can get. They know the yellow cards will only come in the end of the second half. Good point. Uh, Nick Valadon, hopefully this Vizela game goes a lot smoother than the previous games earlier this season. Uh, let's see. Magnitude says, last season you you guys said Ramos was a keeper, but this match proved me that bright when I said he was a striker. <laughs> yeah, he's not a keeper. He's a striker. You're right. You're right, dude. You're right, Magnitude. Um, yeah, dude, look, uh, I think that I'm just following a, a lot of the, the comments here. Cristiano's in the comments. He doesn't show up for the podcast, but he shows up in the comments. That's what you got. Um, but um, what else? Uh, yeah, to me, it wasn't a Trivella. You guys are saying that Ramos was a Trivella. To me, it was a no, complete toe ball. Yeah. There's, there, and there's nothing wrong with that. We saw Romario... Uh, uh, score a lot of those. Uh, so we got Zidane, we got Gilberto she Carlos, can, she we can, got Romario. Gilberto. Damn. We're just a team of uh, superstars. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I think I don't know how everybody's feeling about this game, but uh, you know, it's a it, it's a tricky game, man. I think it's a tricky game uh, for Benfica, and especially like Dave mentions, all the. Uh, surrounding factors not the stuff inside the field but the surrounding factors um around this game so what's your we'll what's your prediction what do you how do you feel no i i think that if you go will win i think that it will be uh it'll be a short win but i think we'll win i think that we'll eventually uh, be able to pull it off um and if we score early, I, I think that uh, Benfica could hold it, uh, because the problem is that we don't we don't score early, and teams start building their confidence. They start getting more compact. They start to lower their lines a lot more, and Benfica has trouble. And we gotta get those high-powered guys up up on a team. 
I don't care. If a team is just defending, load up that top. Gonçal Ramos, Guedes, Neres, Rafa, Sheldrup, throw them all in there. Fuck it. Let's go. I, yeah, so we've seen this lineup that's been, this starting 11 that's been um, pretty much Schmidt's go-to ever since Enzo I think he's got to. I think he's got to change it up. I think he's got to add a netish to start, uh, especially in these these games against these smaller clubs where they are compact here. Like a, and and I think I think you still start Rafa because I don't think with his injury he's going to be as explosive coming off the bench. So I think you he gives us what you whatever he can to start the match and whatever he can into in, the second half. But I would really like to see a, a netish to to start or. Um, Nerish to start, and then if if Rafa is still not giving you his what he what he we've what we've ex- come to expect to see from Rafa, you still have a gedge to come off the bench if needed um, to finish the last half hour of this match. But I don't I don't think the the three man rotation of Arshnis, uh, Florentino, and Shikingu matches um, matches up well for a, a team like Vizela here. Yeah, no. I- Look, I think that um, that I think we 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 get the win, um, but I I do think that we have to be a lot more ambitious in terms of the the lineup that we put out there. Um, I think that's we, we have the weapons. Let's go. Uh, and, and the thing is, and this is what I wanted to mention. Then I lost my th- my train of thought, Dave. Uh, the biggest thing with Rafa is that he needs to get games. He needs to get reps in order to get back into that shape that right now we everybody knows he's not in. So I don't know if coming off the bench is something that's going to work for him, maybe. Uh, but I think that w- that's what Roger Schmidt understands. And he understands that uh, Rafa needs to get back on that high rotation type of play that he has, that explosiveness. Uh, but also with Rafa, Rafa could be a guy that if he doesn't have a space in front of him, it becomes it becomes hard for him to do something uh, because uh, he, he could only play back. Uh, he's best when he has space in front of him and he could go and take guys one-on-one. Uh, and I think that teams have, have kind of figured that out and they're defending Rafa a lot better uh, than they were uh, in the past uh, and not giving him too much, too much uh, realty in front of him. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Um, I would go. I would go with Neres and, and Gedge, and maybe bench Rafa, bring him in in the second half. I don't know. I think we have to be a little bit more ambitious, though. As I mentioned, we can't be too safe in the midfield. And look, um, I think sooner or later we're gonna have to see an Auschnitz Shikinu or a a a Tinu and uh, an Auschnitz because sooner or later one of those guys is bound to uh, sit for a yellow card accumulation especially Tinu I think so you guys all know how we feel yeah I'm gonna gonna be interesting to see if we um, get one of Sheldrup or Tankstead's debuts here in in Wiesel I would have liked to have seen it at home at the Estadio de Luz um, uh, yesterday but it was a game that wasn't really put away so you couldn't really have that that moment for them if that's what they're they're trying to, to do but um we'll see if they get some minutes here against uh Vizela this uh this upcoming Saturday 
Yeah, Cristiano 2 nothing Benfica. Uh, Saucy 3 nothing Benfica. Nick Valadão uh, 2 nothing for Benfica. Uh, Kevin 3-1 for Benfica. Ramos 2 and Neres 1. Wow, Kevin, Kevin, really, really going out with the predictions. Uh, Boris zero uh, zero. I think Boris is on your is on your side, Dave. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, a one one scoreline. Magnitude four nothing. Shikinu hat trick and own goal from Vizela. He'll put some money on that. Uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, that's about it in terms of predictions. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking uh one nothing, two nothing. I don't I don't think we're I don't think it's gonna be a goal fest because I think it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to be play up in um uh, to play up in Vizela. Uh and I think there was uh Vizela that wasn't it Vizela that we had that controversy with that kid that was made to uh take off his, his shirt, Dave? Mm, that was earlier this season, so Oh, that was earlier played, this season, so it couldn't yeah. have been Vizela. No, uh who was that? I'm gonna go quickly look through here. But yeah, F- since we maybe played Fumalikão, v- maybe? Could have it been. was one of those teams up yeah. north. I forget who it was. Let me uh, quickly see here. Yeah, it was one of those uh, teams. It was... Uh... Let's see here. Yeah, I, I remember it was, uh, it was a sunny day because they made the kid uh, take off his, his shirt. Yeah, Nick Maladon saying Fumalico. Says Fumalico. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I think. Yeah. Kevin... Bacalhau, Frederick. Bacalhau. <laughs> Bacalhau brothers. Yeah. So, we'll see. What else we got, Dave? We got anything else to talk about? Since Cristiano's not here, we're done. Cristiano's Beautiful. keeping all the uh, the Freddies in the chat. We're, we're going to keep the chat. We're going to keep the chat. We're going to keep the, the, the stream going. We're going to go off the air, but we're going to keep the stream going. Just So, like that, Cristiano keeps talking to everyone. <laughs> Yeah, because I know that Cristiano wanted to be, be here, but unfortunately he's got uh, some some bad uh, some bad headaches, so he needs to take a break. Needs it's, a break. It's, it's those forces they're working on. Uh, the forces. <laughs> the for the Jedi the Jedi the Jedi mind tricks. Yeah. Anyway, that's all we got, Dave. Yeah, um, and then after that, uh, who do we have? Uh, next, I think it's Famalicão after. Uh, yeah, we have uh, Famalicão, and then we have on the fifth, on the twenty seventh, we have Famalicão. On the fifth, we have uh, Bruges at the uh, Estadio Luche, I believe. No, and, the, the uh, other way around. The fifth is a Sunday. The fifth is a Sunday. Yeah. Okay. And then the seventh would be the yep. the Bruges game. All right, everybody. That's all we really got. It was a pleasure. It's good. Every once in a while, you need short ones. Steve Santos thanks me every time there's a short one. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, everyone. Enjoy yourselves. Be very, very weary of what you read in the papers and what you watch on TV. All right? Not everything is, uh, is the truth. All right? Take it from me. Dave, always a pleasure. Take care, guys. All right. Cristiano, vai dormir. Later.